Well, happy Sunday, everybody. It's good to be with you. It's nice to have uh, all the younger children with us as well. On fifth Sundays, a lot of times we will do something different like this, like we'll bring them all out here and, and just uh, have one big service together, which is always nice. But I um, want to welcome the folks that are watching online as well. Thanks for being with us. But uh, kids, this is what we've been studying while you guys have been in your Sunday school and your children's church, we've been studying the Old Testament book of Hosea. Hosea. Now, the Old Testament is a period of time started at creation, and it went all the way to about a few hundred years before Jesus was born. And then what we call the New Testament starts at the birth of Jesus and then goes past his, his death and his resurrection a few decades beyond that. And so... Um, what we see in the Old Testament is really this, this continuous story. It, it starts with Adam and Eve and how they didn't really trust God. They didn't trust that God's um, intentions for them were, were the best. And so they chose to, to go against his word and his ways and do their own thing. And that's what we call sin. And once that entered, what we see with mankind, with you and with me, is we've been constantly running away from God. But we also see that God is constantly running after us. And that even in the Old Testament, we see that he had a plan, a plan to rescue us, a plan to save us. And he had this Savior in mind, and his name was Jesus. Thanks. That wasn't a trick question, people. Like, I thought the kids would at least like, be like that on that. But anyhow, so that, the whole Old Testament is always looking forward to Jesus. All right? Now, um, we have story after story of God's chosen people. They were known as Israel or the Israelites, and he had entered into a covenant that's a special agreement with them. And he said, I will be your God, you will be my people. And, um, but then th the deal was they were constantly running away from him, like I said already. And Hosea is a story of just that. And it's an interesting story. Hosea was a prophet. And a prophet is a messenger of God. And so the prophet has the ability to hear from God and then to speak to people on behalf of God. And that's what Hosea did. And he had a, a unique situation. So God had told him to, to marry this woman named Gomer. Any of you kids have a friend in school named Gomer? Any Gomers? I didn't think so. Like Gomer went out with uh, probably the 60s. But anyhow, we, uh, so we've got Gomer and, and, and that was Homer's, uh, Homer. Gomer and Homer would have been better, right? But uh, we got Hosea and Gomer, and so uh, Gomer just kept being unfaithful and leaving Hosea and going to be with other men. And yet Hosea, who, who really is a lot like God the Father, continued to pursue her over and over again like we were just singing there, and uh, even to the point of buying her back out of slavery. And so it's a picture of God's love for us, but it's also a picture of the Israelites, and it's a picture of us and how we have this tendency to run away from God. Now, this morning, we're going to be in Hosea chapter 11, and we're going to look at the story in a little more detail. So if you have a paper Bible, you know, um, some of you guys still have some of those. You can break them out. It's about two-thirds of the way through. It's right after some of those bigger books like Isaiah and Ezekiel and then um, Daniel, then you'll find Hosea. If you've got the digital app, which uh, I see a lot of you do, just click on Hosea. You're there. So Hosea chapter 11, we're going to look at the entire chapter, and I'll just start picking apart verse by verse. So beginning in verse 1, 
said, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. Now here God is referring to a story that a lot of you probably know about God's rescue, his deliverance of the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. So he rescued them out of slavery, and that's what he's referring to here. And um, Hosea is using the term father to refer to God and son to refer to Israel, the chosen people of God. Now, verse 2, but the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. Now, imagine this. Even though God rescued them, God rescued them. He delivered them out of slavery. Instead of, you know, running to him and worshiping him, they started running elsewhere even worshiping these false gods, one by the name of Baal, who was really bad. And they were worshiping him and attributing things of God to him. They were even praying to these idols that they had crafted with their own hands. Now we look at verses 3 and 4. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped to feed him. So it's God as father. It's he who is responsible for for helping Israel to understand their identity, who they were created to be, to um, understand the gifts that they had been, been blessed with. It was God who provided for them, even provided for them when they were wandering in the desert after being rescued from slavery. It was God who did all of that for them. And they didn't care. And they didn't even care. Imagine how that must have felt. Well, I, I want to show a little clip from the Lion King, because I I want us to understand a little bit better about maybe the heart of the father, the heart of the father. So Mufasa is is the father in this scene. So get get an idea how he represents God to us. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And this will all be mine? Everything. Everything the light touches. What about that shadowy place? That's beyond our borders. You must never go there, Simba. So you get a glimpse into the heart of the Father. So think about God as creator, and he's saying, look, I created all of this. Everything that the sun touches, it, it's yours to enjoy. I want you to enjoy it, and I want you to care for it. I want you to care for it. That's the heart of the Father. He wants to bless us. And then he says, but there's this dark, shadowy area over there. I want you to avoid that. Now, listen to what happens in verses 5 through 7. It says, but since my people refuse to return to me, they will return to Egypt and will be forced to serve Assyria. War will, war will swirl through their cities. Their enemies will crash through their gates. They will destroy them, trapping them in their own evil plans. For my people, my people are determined to desert me. They call me the Most High, but they don't truly honor me. 
You know, our, our sinful nature draws us away from God, draws us away from the love of God, and, and causes us to chase after other things. And um, we, we tend to, to want the unknown, the things that uh, we're, we're told are off limits. It's just a desire that is, is sinfully within each and every one of us. Now, there are consequences to our actions when we follow those sinful desires, when we run from God instead of running to God. And we have to understand that it's God's heart to protect us from that. The reason he, he establishes some of these things is to protect us. He wants us to enjoy all that he has created, all the goodness. But our tendency is to run to the darkness. Here's another clip from The Lion King. This is it. We made it. Wow. It's really creepy, yeah. Isn't it great? We could get in big trouble. I know. <laughs> I wonder if its brains are still in there. There's only one way to know. Come on, let's go check it out. So Simba, he's a lot like us right? And he's a lot like Israel. And, and again, God the Father said, look, all of this is yours. But where does he go? He goes to the shadow lands. He goes to the dark shadowy areas and he's drawn into it. And he knows this is wrong. He, he knows that it's dangerous. But what does he do? He's like, this is creepy, but it's cool too, right? You know, and that's where we're going to go. We want what God says we should not have. And that is true of the Israelites, and it's true of us today. Verse 8 and 9 says this, Oh, how can I give you up, Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you like Zeboim? My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel. For I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. And so God, as a loving Father, his, his, his heart is broken over his children, his children wanting nothing to do with him, his children running far from him, unlike the songs that we were singing earlier. They're running from him. They, they're choosing the darkness instead of the light. I mean, it would... Break your heart if your child chose that. And especially, think about this, if you understood what was ahead, God knew that this was going to lead to death and destruction for them and for others and for their children and their children's children. It would have been within his right to just wipe them out there, to, to pardon you know, any future hurt, sorrow, grief by just stopping there. But he didn't do that because that was not his heart. He's not a man. He's a God. He's the God. And so his heart was true. He was faithful to his covenant that he had entered into with them. He would be faithful even though they were not. Now listen to verses 10 and 11, and, and you'll get a sense of, of why this is, because he has a plan. He says, for someday, for someday the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. Like a flock of birds, they will come from Egypt, trembling like doves. 
They will return from Assyria, and I will bring them home again, says the Lord. You know, I, I believe um, this next scene from The Lion King really embodies a lot of this. So, so watch this with me. We could have whatever's lying around. Wait, 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 I got one, I got one. Make mine a cub sandwich. What you think? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Hey, did we order this dinner to go? No. Why? Because there it goes! <laughs> did we lose him? I think so. Where's Zazu? And Simba, just like the Israelites and Indy, just like us, like he, he wants that thrill of the unknown, the off limits. He, he's willing to go against the commands of his father just to see what's there in the darkness. And, and yet, it causes him to get into a lot of trouble. He was, you know, in, in danger of losing his life and the lives of his friends as well. But then you see the heart of the father. You see the father come to the rescue and, and we long for that. We love that, don't we? How about when, when Mufasa roars? Doesn't it, doesn't it give you like goosebumps when you hear him roar and he comes to the rescue? I, I, I love watching that scene over and over again. And that's the heart of the Father. You know, even though we run from him, he runs after us. Even though we find ourselves in the midst of death and destruction and all kinds of harm, he's there to rescue us. That's what we see. And here, and that's what we see happening in the book of Hosea with the Israelites. They're running from God, and yet he runs to them and he rescues them. He warns them that there are consequences to their actions, right? He warns them that, that they <clears throat> will be enslaved if they do not follow his instructions. This time, not by those in the south of e in Egypt, but those in the north in Assyria. He warns them. 
and yet they go anyhow. How often do we do that? How often do we do that? There are consequences to our actions. God's heart is for our good. We just need to trust him. But uh, I wanna show you this final scene. And it, and it points to kind of the, the consequence of, of turning our backs on God and going our own way. But the hope that we have and his discipline and his restoration. Take Nala home. I've got to teach my son a lesson. Come, Nala. Simba. Good luck. <laughs> Simba. Simba, I'm very disappointed in you. I know. You could have been killed. You deliberately disobeyed me. And what's worse, you put Nala in danger. I was just trying to be brave like you. I'm only brave when I have to be. Simba, being brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. But you're not scared of anything. I was today. You were? Yes. I thought I might lose you. Oh, I guess even kings get scared, huh? Mm-hmm. But you know what? What? I think those hyenas were even scared. Because <laughs> nobody messes with your dad. Come here, you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's power in the roar of the lion, right? And, and we saw that there was fear in, in those evil hyenas. There was also this, this fear in Simba as well, wasn't there? And, and he knew that while um, he heard the roar of his father that there was comfort in there, there would be peace in that, he also knew that there was going to be some consequences. And when he hears his father call him in, in kind of a roar, um, he comes to him and he's, he's got his tail between his legs, right? Like he, he's humble, he is scared, he knows he is coming into the presence of the king. And so he comes, but he also knows the nature of his father. He knows the love of the father, and he comes, and, and he, he has to put up with a, a strong rebuke, doesn't he? But he also gets to experience the, the joy of that restoration where he's been restored to that relationship with his father. He knows the father's love in that. And what we see happening there is really what we see happening with Israel as they come, as God predicted, they would come trembling back to him. They would come trembling to him. And that's what would happen. That was the prediction of what would happen in the future. Now, um, that discipline, it's never fun, is it? It's never fun. And, and maybe you grew up and you didn't have a good and godly mom or dad who disciplined you in a godly way. But um, that is the kind of discipline that our Heavenly Father offers us. And for us earthly parents, we need to discipline our children as well. And, and here's why. Hebrews 12, 11 speaks to the importance of discipline. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. There's purpose in the discipline, and it should um, train us up in righteousness, that we know what is right, we, we learn to do what is right, and it should produce peace because we know the boundaries within which we can operate so that there is safety within those boundaries. It brings us peace. Nobody likes discipline. It is painful in the moment, but it produces righteousness and peace. That's the discipline of God as Father. Now, I want to offer up two questions for you guys to ponder here. Two questions for you guys to ponder. So especially kids, listen closely to these two questions because you're going to have to answer them for me. So here's the first one. What are the shadowy places? What are the shadowy places that you feel drawn to but God is trying to protect you from? What are those shadowy places in life that you feel drawn to but God is protecting you from? That's the first question. Here's the second question. How does God, as a lion, roar today, and how do you respond? So how does God, as a lion figure, roar today, and how do you respond? And so what I want to encourage you to do, we're going to have some music playing, and, and we got a lot of families here, and uh, I would encourage you just to kind of circle up or lean in and, and just answer those two questions um, if you're here by yourself, you can just take this time to be still and quiet, talk to God. Maybe you have a friend or a neighbor nearby, you could, could do that. But ponder those questions as well. So first of all, again, what are the shadowy places that you feel drawn to, but God is trying to protect you from? And then secondly, how does God, as a lion figure, roar today? How does he roar today? And what is your response? Let me pray. Dear God, we thank you so much um, that, that there are movies out there like The Lion King that really can help us better understand, maybe visualize the love that you have for us as Father, and, and sometimes the way that we respond as your children. Um, Lord, we thank you so much that uh, as you were with the Israelites, you are with us today, that you are forever pursuing us, that you have a plan, you've provided a Savior. Um, we can be rescued and restored, and even our bad actions um, redeemed we thank you, that is your nature, and we pray that um, as we sang earlier, that we would begin to run to you instead of running from you, that we would trust that you are good and that you have good things for us. May we embrace the painful reality of discipline so that we might just really bear this harvest of righteousness and experience your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.